Thank you for listening to the Weekly Market Outlook. It is our pleasure to bring an industry-leading market analyst to provide you with the most value possible in your farm business. Please reach out anytime by emailing cbaron at agviewsolutions.com. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the AgView Pitch. We are heading into a new week and also the first full week of April. We've got special guest with us today for the marketing discussion, Clark Neighbor with BIS Commodities in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. How's it going, Clark? Good morning, Chris. It's nice to see the weather changing. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. I think a lot of people are, are getting anxious uh, to get in the field. And I know we have some some clients in the South that are uh, working away and getting at some things. And so uh, we're going to be doing some of that uh, conversation with, with growers, bringing them in for three or four minutes, some of our operators in the in across the area as things get going and ask them a few questions and do like a little three minute uh, interview with farmers and, and kind of let us all kind of hear what's going on in certain areas and, and uh, thought that would be, be good. And that's a little plug for that, I guess, but uh, also wanted to start out with you, Clark today, just, you know, look back to last week here for a minute and, the report was obviously pretty wild there, uh, at least for a day, and uh, gave us some really interesting information. I thought maybe we don't want to spend a lot of time on that because everybody's probably uh, knows knows what we saw. And and but is there anything that you know as we go into the next couple of weeks that come from that report that we need to to keep in mind as we as we march forward? Sure. Well, going into the report, I think the market was more focused on the stocks number, i.e. the old crop and where we are with tightness, et cetera, et cetera, as we go forward through the balance of, of this crop year. And the surprise, as everybody's aware of, ends up being in the acres. And I guess one thing I would just bring up on the acres that will be interesting as we go along and keep in mind, acres is always a liquid number that's always moving is the fact uh, according to the report versus a year ago the i states iowa illinois indiana we had about a million acreage switch from corn to beans and you added about that many acres of corn in north dakota so you know i think you'll see some people talking about you're losing potential yield on those acres going forward, assuming those numbers stay in place. But the job of the market coming out of that report is, you know, when you have tight stocks is to either ration demand or increase supply. And the report on Wednesday obviously tried to address that supply situation going forward, as you mentioned, over the next couple weeks. You know, the question is, do we see acreage build to some degree to help buffer uh, this tight stock situation, not only on the old crop, but as we progress uh, into the 21-22 crop and beyond. Um, Every state, I think, saw uh, lower total acreage uh, versus uh, expectation uh, other than Wisconsin. So, you know, we're getting some of those acres back from the uh, prevent plant here the last couple of years, but again, I think the key thing, especially this old crop, is focusing on these stocks as we go forward because we, we still need to ration demand, uh, Chris, and 
uh, we're seeing that in some cases uh, with wheat and corn rations, that type of thing. But you still got good crush margins in soybeans. You have much better uh, uh, ethanol uh, margins right now than we saw 30, 60 days ago. We're in the heat of probably the biggest export um, uh, play we've had on corn in years, if ever, obviously, going forward. And I can touch on that later. But uh, the next two weeks, the next two months, the next two years are all going to be interesting. I think the next two weeks, the market's just going to need to figure out where it wants to focus as we kind of transition into this new crop. Yeah, it, it's kind of interesting, you know, the it was it was such a surprise with not as many acres and with that farmer survey side of it. Um, it does the just a quick question before we move on to the next topic here, but on the report side of it, you know, it's always, here's the information you get. And then there's the reaction, which is what really matters to the market. And it almost seems like, you know, there's, there's the, the market maybe not even believing that, you know, that those are the acres. There's more than that there. Is that, is that kind of makes sense? I mean, it just seems like the market feels like there's more acres than what, total than what the what they said yeah either that or the market was underreacting on the acres prior i mean what's interesting about you know the the trade going into the long weekend here was uh, we made new contract ties on both whole crop corn and new crop corn made new contract ties and new crop beans but what was really interesting is uh, late in the week because of that report the amount of change we saw in spreads, in other words, the new crop gained a lot more momentum late in the week than the old crop. It's kind of like the market or the traders focused on December corn, November beans. We saw a big change in open interest in those on Thursday's trade. Mm-hmm. And that was enlightening to me because of these tight stocks, you have a very inverted market where the old crop's a big premium over the new crop. Mm-hmm kind of like that acreage number made everything react a little differently and have uh, put a little more strength in that new crop, at least short term. Mm-hmm. Well, and then with that said, last part of the report discussion here before we move on, but is the, <clears throat> what about the funds? I mean, what's your crystal ball say? I mean, with their interest moving forward, I mean, that should bolster, um, their long positions, hopefully moving forward for our for our sake, <laughs> for price strength. What's your thought there? I think, yeah, I think you have to look at that with kind of a positive light. I mean, there's many different angles to look at that. One being, uh, you know, right now, funds are long, all the ag products to some degree, except for the wheat. Um, if you look at the funds response to you know, what's going on in the world with potential inflation, with, you know, things opening up again, et cetera. Those tend to be positive, uh, the funds activities, you know, going forward in commodities. And lastly, as you're probably aware of, about two, three weeks ago, exchanges made it possible for the funds limit positions to be increased. I don't think they've taken advantage of that yet. But the size of the positions they can have in any of the ag products, uh, energies, et cetera, have been expanded at some point. Uh, that could come into play and something to have in mind is we could see you know, record fund length at some point down the road. 
Mm-hmm. Do you see any threats out there for that? You know, the connectivity of the stock market or any of the, the larger economic things going on in the world, you know, and you can bring China in on this or whoever, any, any watch outs in the next few weeks that we need to be aware of? Well, there's always, you know, something laying out there that we don't see today. Right. Um, the only thing I would say is, you know, again, when you talk big picture, you talk inflation, there's a lot of money in the world looking for a home and a lot of money looking for a, a return. You know, you can't get it via interest rates right now. So the creativity of finding returns elsewhere your trader in London or wherever you're at, um, you know, uh, commodities may be in the mix, real estate may be in the mix, et cetera. But um, it's kind of one of those situations where rising tide raises all boats. And I think we're mm-hmm. kind of in that scenario right now when you look at the stock market in general, what's going on in commodities. Right. Okay. Interesting. So you're one that has a lot of connectivity to what's going on at the elevator level and, and processors, commercials, what, what, what are you hearing in that camp, so to speak? You know, what's, what's the thought process and, and perspective from, from that area of the market? Sure, sure. Um, I think the thing that sticks out, Chris, is the fact to a team, most places will tell you the farmer has sold the vast majority of his old crop beans a big majority of their old crop corn. And so if you look at the stock number, for example, uh, uh, this week, what was interesting is the on-farm stocks are like a seven-year low. The off-farm or the commercial side is like at a five- or six-year high, which basically means those bushels, both corn and beans, have been moved to town, if you will. And now the commercial elevator is in the process of executing. Uh, a lot of elevators I talk to have a huge amount of bushels to deliver uh, on corn right now going forward because of this huge export program we have in place. And mm-hmm. it's a logistical battle to some degree to get enough trucks, get enough rail, et cetera, et cetera, to make that all transpire. But uh, they're in the process of doing that right now through probably the early part of the summer. The bean export program is kind of wound down, so that sector has kind of slowed up, and now uh, the bean sector is going to be more domestically uh, driven, and so producers need to keep that in mind instead of looking at you know, the river, for example, or export rail as the lead component uh, in the cash market being driven. It's now going to be the crusher going forward, and we could see some changes in that going, you know, as we get into the summer. I mean, it's not if, but when we see beans exported, for example, into the East Coast or meal into the East Coast for the pork and poultry. So the market's going to have a function on the commercial side of where to find the stocks. And I think you're going to find some regionality in this where there's going to be some shortages depending on, you know, crush margins on beans depending on uh, ethanol margins as we're starting to see a few more plants come back into play. For example, ADM this week noted that they're opening the dry plant in Cedar Rapids in Columbus, Nebraska again later this month. So 
after being down for nearly 12 months. So that demand sector is still strong, and you kind of question whether we're rationing demand. So the commercials are trying to execute on all these bushels they've sold. Obviously, in an inverted market, they're trying to move that as quick as they can because there's not really a opportunity to hang on uh, in an inverted market and make that work from a commercial standpoint. But I think at the same point, Chris, I think my guess, and I wouldn't say this in public, many crushers and end users are probably a little nervous about supplies mm-hmm. as we get into the summer months. And again, that may be regional, but I think that's right. making a lot of them nervous. What what does that mean for basis, you know, near term and then out further? So, for example, you know, we always like and, and always see a lot of our clients, you know, moving a few bushels. You know, you get somebody in the truck when you're planting and, and move some bushels at that point in a lot of area. It doesn't work in every area, but a lot of areas, you know, it's it's taking advantage of that planting in spring season when a lot of the elevators don't they get all their people doing other stuff so that's the farmer's opportunity to move some grain on a really good basis is the basis going to be as good or better later on in the summer than two possibly is that what i'm hearing maybe or am i reading too far into what you're saying no i think that's a fair assessment um again it's probably going to be regional one thing i would say is right. if, if you look at the current cash market it's pretty flat, you know, whether you deliver in April, May, June, July, et cetera, right now in most locations. And we're at very high basis levels right now. I don't want to say record. In some cases, it may be, uh, depending on where you're at. I'm not sure we're going to get this basis push we typically see in the spring because, again, the commercials, the country elevators delivering against these contracts have been moved by the producer and they're trying to deliver that to, to buffer that zone. But once we get um, later in the summer, June, July, uh, I think you could see some pretty in- interesting basis levels. Mm-hmm. Again, depending on the area, depending on the region. I think a producers need, need to be kind of careful, though, to wait until June and July to price price basis when right now it's pretty flat mm-hmm. you know on some bushels that's all right but i think the key is know your logistics know when you need to have things cleaned out and try to you know proceed that way as i know uh, in many cases trucking is uh, a little limited especially in the springtime right this is Alyssa with the agview solutions team here at agview solutions we work with farms and ag businesses all across the country on cost of production business decision-making, collaboration opportunities, farm and ag business structuring, and transition planning. We work with operations of all sizes to help you with the important decisions that need to be made in your business. If you have questions or would like to learn more about how we can help your farm and business, please email us at cbaron at agviewsolutions.com. And thank you for listening. Okay, so the next thing I guess I want to go to uh, is if we look at Deese corn, for example, um, we're in that, you know, we'll be starting the week out here in that 484 and a half ish range on Deese 21. And soybeans, you know, we're in that 1260, 1263 range. Um, there's a little bit of carry in the, in the new crop corn there, you know, um, obviously inverted and, and nothing, which means probably if 
person's going to be making some sales. You almost want to be making those soybean sales and planning on moving stuff off the combine using the corn as storage is at least what it's looking like as we look out at new crop out ahead of ways. As we think about that and look at percent sold, I'm going to throw this out there for you too. Our clients are in that um, and, and I'm probably just a little bit behind after last week, but prior to the report, our clients were in that 30% sold sort of on average. I mean, we have some guys over 50% sold and we have some people that haven't sold hardly anything, but on average about 30, just right around 30%, both on corn and soybeans, new crop. Um, I'm going to couple part question here, you know, what, what makes you comfortable as far as having some, some sales on the books and for new crop? And then what kind of, uh, again, the crystal ball, what kind of an outlook are you seeing or perspective do you have out there for plugging some more sales in as we head into spring and, and opportunities there? Well, it's a great question. I think the number one thing to keep in mind is if you look historically, over many years, typically uh, adding or being fairly aggressive on new crop sales while you're in the planter slash spring, early summer, historically has been some of the best times to lock in prices. Now, you mentioned, and, and I, I should back up, the opportunity to get new crop priced this past four to six months uh, has been very good because you know, I know you work with folks and on their numbers and all that, and you know, we're levels where that make sense, levels right. that make money. So, it, no matter what you do right now, things make sense. It just gets to a situation of, all right, where do I make that next step? So, I, I think people need to be aware and have that in mind uh, that uh, these new crop opportunities exist, and, and I think there's good opportunities in the next you know, two, three months, however you want to look at it as you get the growing season. I would guess, you know, again, talking to commercial elevators, uh, I'd have to give you kudos. I, I, if you gave me a, a ballpark number, what percent of the new crop corn and beans are sold in the broad scheme of things, I'd say 20% right now. Uh, both corn and beans, maybe a slight, uh, slight uh, bigger number on the beans over corn. That's much bigger than the last several years, which makes sense with where prices are at. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as as far as numbers to look at, Chris, um, you know, just technically, you know, that 440, 450 area on the December corn, which we were visiting uh, midweek before the report, I think is really good support for quite a while till at least we get you know further along into the growing season. We did make new contract highs coming out of the report on the new crop corn. Um, you know, I, I assume a lot of producers will be eyeballing that $5 mark, which isn't very far away. But, you know, this is the kind of year, depending on how the summer goes, who knows what kind of number you could or may see. But I think the best approach is to be disciplined and have some sales in place. And normally I wouldn't say this, but I think this is the time of year or the type of year, I should say, where on some sales you made or some future sales you made, uh, it's probably not a bad idea just to buy some summer calls also at that time to kind of make a minimum price and spend X amount of cents and 
theory, it just kind of gives you a minimum price. You get some grain sold, adding a little bit of uh, price potential with some calls. If the market doesn't go higher, you know, you still have a minimum price that's probably well above profitability levels, but you're participating in case you have some weather issues that get into June and July, et cetera. So mm-hmm. uh, I think that's something that producers can look at and if that gives them the ability to maybe be a little more aggressive with uh, new crop sales with that comfort level, um, you know, that's not a bad strategy to look at in some degree, if that makes sense. Yeah. <clears throat> and everybody's a little different too with, you know, with what that number is. And, and, you know, again, I, I like seeing people that when we go into planning time, just to make sure you have some offers in, to, you know, some targets where you're plugging in some additional sales. And that's different for everybody. Like I said, we've got some people that are already at 50% sold. And, you know, in some of the early sales that we've all made on new crop, even you look back and like, you know, when the market's going up, you never make a good sale, you know, till it goes back down. <laughs> and so you got to keep perspective and, and keep plugging into this market. And, and uh, like you said, knowing your numbers and, and being okay with, with taking some profit. I like the idea of opening the top end up a little bit, especially on some of those bushels there that um, you want to you wanna make sure you, if this thing did, did take off for some reason in the summer, if there's a weather problem or whatever, um, you can participate in some of that as well. Um, on the soybeans, what's your kind of range? You're talking that, you know, support on the corn at that 440 range and maybe – pushing up toward that $5 range on the corn side is somewhat of a range to, to be in and, and considering what about on soybeans, new crop soybeans, kind of where are you at there? Yeah. And I think both corn and beans, you look at, all right, there's probably pretty good support under the market. And the top side's more of a question mark at this point. Um, right. I would say as far as beans, you know, these, values we saw earlier this week prior to the report i think is pretty good support for quite some time you know as you go through the growing season at least uh which is just shy of that 12 dollar mark on the futures um had a pretty good correction we did make new highs uh again late in the week after the report um you know i suppose most people are going to be eyeballing it, you know, 13 or the dollar increments going higher, which, you know, we're knocking on that door as we speak. I think the key, and you mentioned this earlier, and I forgot to fill this in, uh, when you look at new crop bean prices, there's, you know, it's an inverted market, there's no carry. For corn, you at least have some carry. So I think producers, because of that, need to look at beans a little more aggressively than corn especially if they don't have on-farm space because you're going to focus on farm space with corn if you have any type of carry. It's a little bit like last summer, Chris, only way different prices. is right. The market was telling a producer to sell beans and hold corn. Mm-hmm. It, at least, you know, in this early April, so it's early, but at least at this point, the market's kind of saying the same thing at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you just have, you know, Again, it's discipline, have uh, uh, levels with offers or however you want to look at it on a scale-up basis and be disciplined that way. And those offers are important to have, like you said, while you're in the planner because you may hit it one day when you're not paying attention to the market. And um, just have pattern sales, be disciplined. It's always good to have those numbers in place because most 
the most overused line I hear from producers in our business. Well, let's see what tomorrow brings. <laughs> well, you know, um, that's fine and dandy, but it's not a, the most disciplined situation yeah. when you look at it if you actually have numbers locked in. Yeah, a plan needs to have, not, and it needs to not just be a plan, but it needs to be an execution model, too, where you have some things in place that will actually, you know, make you pull the trigger, make you take advantage of those opportunities when they're there. And like you said, it's, we don't have our eyes on that stuff here pretty quick. Uh, real soon, we're going to be looking at a lot of other stuff. So um, real quick um, on that new crop sales and, you know, we talked about basis on old crop and, and stuff. What about this new crop basis? Are we doing, you know, are you leaning more towards doing HTAs? or, you know, selling little on the board or using some option strategies or what, what's your, your, um, tool of choice, I guess, right now, or is it a combination of all the above? Somewhat of a combination. I would focus on beans. First of all, it is new crab bean basis as we sit here today is historically pretty good for this time of year where if I'm selling beans, I'm probably more apt to say, you know what, let's just get it locked in. Basis is good enough. The board or the price is strong enough. I think it's worthwhile uh, selling beans. The market's kind of saying it needs it today. It's not worth holding, storing at home. So I think on beans, I would focus more on just making flat old cash sales. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as corn, it's a little different animal. Um, probably more opportunities down the road, depending on how these carries build. And I think you'll see at some point carries building the corn and a little less inversion on the beans as you get closer to harvest. But having said that, on corn, I think you can kind of look at a combo of, the, of probably an HTA or locking some in on the board. Uh, the other strategy I would look at on bushels that, you know, once you get, say, north of that 50 percentile range, or you, then you might start looking at puts, just to have a floor under the market, keep mm-hmm. the top side potential there, um, or a put-type strategy. I, I think that makes sense. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, uh, on stuff that you have sold or some additional sales that are already locked in place on that first 30, 50%, uh, some long calls is, you know, giving the upside potential also makes sense. But um, new crop basis on corn, too early to make a lot of judgment on that. So I would say I would not lock that in. And that's the reason I say an HTA or a hedge mm-hmm. uh, makes sense, at least, at least at this point, with looking for some upside potential on that basis. Because this stock situation is not going to clean itself up the way it looks yeah. the next there's probably, eight months probably not. Just, oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I was just going to say there's probably not as much of a threat of the basis, you know, getting worse than it is staying the same or maybe improving. You know, right. I mean, the only the only little tidbit out there on basis that could hamper it somewhat is we do have a lot of corn in the books and we got to execute. We got to export like. 80 million bushels a week from now through middle or into July just to achieve what we have in the books was pretty astonishing when you think about it. I I think some fear that China may cancel some corn or roll some into new crop. I think it's more of the latter rolling into new crop. You got to realize why would China cancel some corn 
that they own, you know, two to three dollars a bushel cheaper than their own domestic supply. So they're not going to get rid of that Mm -hmm. for any reason other than maybe something huge politically. But um, that would be the only thing that might buffer some of that late summer, early fall basis on corn. But I still think you're going to have enough domestic push. It's tight enough. at least as we sit here today, Chris, it's hard to be bearish the basis. At the same point, it's hard to be very bearish the board, which is kind of a scenario, uh, kind of a scary scenario on both ends, because it's not too often you see both of those strategies or those, both of those segments positive at the same time. But I think we're kind of in that mode right now, at least mm-hmm. as we go through the growing season. Yep. Uh, we're getting up against time, but last question here quickly, I guess, is the, um, you know, I told you offline at the beginning, I'm like, I'm talk about new crop corn, and I said 21, but then I'm like, oh, well, also 22, that's new crop also. <laughs> so, you know, you look at, at uh, Dece 22 at four, you know, it's flirting around that 450 range, um, you know, Nov 22 soybeans flirting around that 1130, you know, 1150 range. You know, it, last year at this time, we would have given our left arm for those sort of prices, you know, out there. Is there any kind of mechanism, tool, or anything that we should start looking at, you know, and quickly on that on this topic, but I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, but just, you know, just being aware of, you know, if we roll our profit managers out, look at cost of production, uh, there's money to be made in 22, it looks like, as well. And so, you know, at what point do we start to maybe think about protecting that, some of it? Yeah, I, it makes sense. And I think what you're talking about is there's profit in there. Guys got to at least look at it or, you know, stick their toe in the water at some point. Maybe some have, which uh, the only thing I would say is you're quite a bit inverted from, you know, the mm-hmm. 21 to the 22 right now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the other thing I would say, especially on corn, when you go back and look historically, anytime stocks to use is under 10%, that 440 area historically has been really good support here over the last 10 to 15 years. So I don't mind locking in a little bit of that 22 crop, you know, 5, 10%. I've been in this business long enough, though, where I, there's been times in the past where producers get aggressive selling two, three years worth of crop, uh, look back, uh, you know, that 07 to 09 time frame, those, those years kind of stung, you know, because the market continued to run, continued to be pretty strong. Um, not saying we're in that dynamic, we could be, but I think in small fashion, it makes sense, you know, five, 10% just to get your toe in the water, but I don't think I'd be aggressive with it at this point. You know, maybe there's a black swan out there and we look back six months from now and say, wow, we should have had more sold. I mean, that's the function of the market. And that's what makes this uh, always a little bit of a challenge. And like you said, when you're making some money, you got to look at it. But I, I wouldn't be very aggressive, mainly because it's inverted. And in times past where we see these multi-year sales, you know, pick a reason, pick a contract to do it there's been some heartache in that once in a while if it gets too aggressive. So a yeah. little bit's okay. Kind of like a daily vitamin. That's enough for now. I think <laughs> yep. so. Yeah. Uh, market in moderation. In other words, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. So that's a great way to say it. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like everything we're supposed to be doing in moderation, I guess. So <clears throat> any, uh, any last topics I didn't ask about or anything? 
Um, no, I think we've hit on some highlights, and I know, you know, in talking, you and talking to your customers, uh, I think the key thing is, you know, in these kind of markets, when they get high, it's easy to kind of put off decisions and get complacent. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the key thing is just stay focused on, on the task at hand, um, know what's right according to the numbers they work with you, and just make some smart decisions and work forward. And, um just not get complacent and keep driving forward. You bet. If people want to get a hold of you, Clark, how's the best way to, to reach out to you or to check out some of your stuff? Sure. So uh, our phone number is 800-373-2525. Uh, we have a website at biscommodities.com. Um, we've got an office in Cedar Rapids, as you mentioned, and we have four branch offices, three in Illinois and one in Wisconsin, that we could reach out to those locations if need be also. Gotcha. Hey, I, this was a great conversation. At the very beginning, I asked you is this, uh, if we had an intro or an exit song here that um, explained the next week and, and as we move forward. Was it was it a crazy train with Ozzy Osbourne or is it more of a 38 special hold on loosely? And it sounds like it's more of a hold on loosely based on this conversation. Yeah, good old <laughs> 80s rock and roll, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So we're, <laughs> yeah. we're we're wrapping up here with uh, with a little hold on loosely then, and uh, really appreciate your uh, uh, conversation today, Clark. And look forward to the next time we can get you on here. And also like to thank everybody for listening to the Agview Pitch, and we will catch you next time. <laughs>